Welcome, world, to the Enough Damn Ways podcast. I am Mark, and this is a kind of offshoot of the Screen and Needle podcast. We're going rogue, and I'm not alone. I am joined by the legendary Michael Beckwood. Mike, how are you doing, man? Hello, hello. Yeah, I'm really good, man. Thank you. Thanks. This is good. This is going to be fun. Really looking forward to it. Did, did you like that little intro there? I did. I, I, it felt quite professional. It felt, you know, yeah, it felt good. I mean, as long as it's, you know, going to get us more views, more people signing in, you know, more audience figures. Well, what, what are we doing, Mike? You know, this this was your, your brainchild here. It was, but I should hasten to add, it's both of our passions, obviously, and indeed everyone who will be listening to us. But um, but yeah, what we're doing, what we're doing is uh, a good old review podcast, a good old standard movie review podcast, and indeed anything else, with maybe a little twist, maybe a slight little twist in that it's just one movie, movie of the week review, a movie that neither of us, or indeed anyone else that joins us, because hopefully your your brother and my cousin, uh, for we are cousins ourselves, Hopefully we'll have another member joining us at some points. Um, but either way, a movie that neither of us have seen before. So we have one week to review it, watch it, review it, and then discuss and share yeah. with the world. Yeah. The elusive sigh letting the side down here. <laughs> yeah. he, he may or may not join. He you may know. or may not join, but he'll always be remembered in our hearts. Um, we were so, saying yeah. before, he is very much like Orson Welles in The Third Man, that, that character that, that may or may not appear. And when he does, is it going to be as good as Orson Welles and the Third Man? Is the question. <laughs> the answer well, we... is obviously not. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. But I think he'll be more charismatic if that's possible. I think he'll he'll, he'll have an impact. Yeah. yeah, damn straight. I think he'd support me doing that. And I tell you what, if we compliment him him enough, he might join us. You know. Well, this is true. This is true. Um, let's get to the important stuff, mate. Which is uh, the quick drinks review here. What what are you on? Outstanding. Yes, because this shouldn't just be a movie review no 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 it should be a review of everything uh so i am drinking for our first session and i don't promote alcoholism although it is a lot more fun i am drinking a very very standard very well known ipa brand called brewdog brewdog punk ipa and i'd give it a very solid scores at a 10 with a half i'd give it a very solid 8.5 out of 10 Interesting. I, I've actually been to a, a brew dog bar in Manchester. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll be honest, mate, just to count your views there. Um, wasn't a fan of the venue. A <gasps> little bit pretentious, a little bit hipster, you know. <laughs> and uh, I don't particularly like their beverages either, if I'm being blunt. <laughs> but, okay, I'm, I'm interested. Scores out of 10? What for? Well, I can only review my, my drink, which is a Bailey's coffee. Oh, okay, got, fine. Got the, old, uh, got the older Zira for, for half price from Tesco's, mate. Got to be loving that. A zero, dash, so you... dash of Bailey's rather than the milk. And I've got to say, it's working quite nicely. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Well, I can imagine the Zira fine granules would meld with the Bailey's in a beautiful manner. No lumps in that bad boy. Well, there was initially, there was a, a bubble as well, which was quite disturbing. It was like the ooze from Ghostbusters 2 in, in my mug. But uh... Outstanding, outstanding. Well, if it if it means that we've got, uh, you know, very random scenes of a painting horrifically <laughs> zooming out. I mean, that, that shit was scary, man. That, like, n- nothing it still in Ghostbusters is. 1 it still would... genuinely it? is. 
absolutely also the most lax parenting in the world as well like yes love sigourney river love her not that bothered she doesn't seem that bothered until the baby is quite literally out on the ledge yeah indeed right so should we probably really quickly say before we crack on with our first movie which very excitingly has two different names shall we uh shall we really quickly talk about why we are called enough damn ways or at least make reference to it or shall we leave it leave it for the viewer for the listener to to be intrigued by i highly doubt firstly that anyone is listening or indeed if they are they are remotely (laughs) intrigued but yeah we'll we'll leave it as a mystery mate it's like lost isn't it well, you, you know, if you you can reveal certain things, but you don't want to reveal too much, you know, it, it ruins the legacy of it the does. Uh, it does. It of does. the show. So, uh, all I'll do is I'll tease, I'll tease with, uh, you know, I'll never forget being out on the rocks, looking out at the waves coming in. I'll never forget that night. Never forget it. It's beautiful, poetic. Yes, it yes, a little intriguing. Uh, okay, all right. So, enough damn ways. Episode one. Subtitled The Big Gun Down. The Big Gun Down, which is a spaghetti western. And uh, I believe it's from 1967. I think you might have the details there, mate. 66, I believe. Let me just tell you. 66. Well, there you go. Cocking up straight away. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, sorry, 67. You're right. So, yeah, The Big Gun Down, directed by Sergio Salima and starring Lee Van Cleef and Thomas Millian which is a movie that I picked up on the very nice plush indicator Blu-ray recently. And so thought it would be a good pick. Hadn't seen it before. That's the thing we're going to try and do is going blind to anything we do pick. Now, obviously that plush Blu-ray that I picked up was quite pricey and it wouldn't have been expected for you to indulge in that might, but you did buy it. However, (laughs) <laughs> a French DVD I did. version. I did. I did. Um, because I can speak French fluently. Uh, yes. I don't know if you know this, but uh, ça va? Oui. Oui, ça va. <laughs> uh, so uh, I went on a very well-known uh, shopping website uh, where you can buy a whole manner of items for very cheap prices. And I bought, tried to buy the big gun down and uh, I bought it and it arrived through the post a few days later, uh, titled Colorado, the big gun down nowhere on the on on the DVD case. I bought it in just standard DVD, old school, but also equally it was all in French. Uh, everything was in French. Now I did scan the back and it did say Anglais under communique, so I was Excellent. like maybe maybe it's got English uh, language or subtitles at the very least, and indeed it did. But yeah. Beautiful. Really interestingly, so I, I, I watched it on my DVD, uh, English language. Uh, we'll talk about my dubbing <laughs> shortly in my part of the review and so forth. But yeah, called Colorado throughout, including on the title screen. So interesting. There you go. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. What did we think of the film? Go. Uh, it's, this is interesting because normally whenever we discuss things, Mark, we will obviously chat either on phone a lot so forth cousins as we are best mates and all that or indeed on whatsapp as always yep. but we have actually not even remotely discussed each other's thoughts on this have we in, in terms of reviews no. which is interesting um i liked it a lot i found some parts of it ridiculous and feel that a lot of it was played ridiculously with one of the characters in particular but i feel that it was 
too much in some regards and it kept me out the movie a little bit but i did like the movie uh i thought the style just bled through score is absolutely fantastic of course um anyway morisoni morricone close morisoni (laughs) (laughs) so you might well know that fluency in language already being (laughs) displayed So I've I've got uh, anyone who knows me at all will know that I'm not particularly the best with names in any way, shape, or form. So Morris Coney, Morricone, yeah, Morris, yeah, him. The soundtrack <laughs> was amazing. Anyway, the soundtrack was amazing. Uh, the direction was really nice. A lot of uh, we'll talk about all of it, but I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. What about you? Cool. Well, that's immediately a success. I'm actually not that far removed from you. I did the only thing I did mention is that I wasn't entirely sure where I'd fell on it overall after watching it. I knew I liked it, but I wasn't sure how much I liked it. For similar reasons that you've just said, I think the spaghetti Western genre is very different to the American Western for me. And I think they're very sort of cartoon character. They're far more gritty and kind of, I don't know, grimy uh, than than the American ones. And the characters do feel like massive caricatures. Like, you know, if someone's bad, they are just bad. Like there's, yeah. there's no real sense of realism whatsoever. And that does put me off to an extent. I think you sort of said it yourself there with, I'm assuming you're talking about the Thomas Millian character who's sort of the, yeah, absolutely. the, the guy that is being chased. I can't remember his character name, annoyingly. It begins with a C, Cook. Koi Koi Koilan Koi 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 Oh no, that's the uh, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's our soundtrack artist. No, um, he was just a joke. He was a joke in every good and bad way because actually his character that is exactly what I'm talking about, Mark. And his character, um, at first couldn't stand him, and then I was like, well, this movie is all about him, all about his facial mannerisms. I mean, my goodness, the gurning, the gurning that takes place is fantastic. And I really flip-flopped with his character. Everything about him, even his little hops at the end with the with the big gun down, so to speak. I just thought he was he was magnetic, actually. I thought he absolutely owns the movie, which is saying an awful lot because we're talking about him before we talk about uh our main man Lee Van Cleef. But- yep. Yeah, I I'm kind of with you. He needs to grow on you, but also they do something really interesting with his character. And we should say we're going to spoil anything we're talking yeah, about. Absolutely. Yeah. But basically, he's presented initially as a rapist of a of a young girl. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene sort of not that far into the movie that plays into that, where it sort of indicated that, oh yeah, he he, he probably was that guy, you know. And obviously that's what he's presented as throughout a vast chunk of the film. But it gradually actually reveals that he is not the perpetrator of that crime whatsoever. And it brings in issues of like kind of class and stuff as well. And it's basically the people in power, the wealthy people who are screwing him over and protecting yep. themselves. Yeah. Walter Barnes playing Buxton, the guy that's in charge, the one who's got mm-hmm. nefarious schemes for creating a railway with his sidekick bodyguard, Aaron von Schulenberg. I'm on an internet movie database website right now. So, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, the whole Mexican, the whole uh, our, our man, uh, Thomas Milliam, our Marmite character, but I think probably a lot of the reviews of the movie would live and die on, almost. Uh, Thomas Milliam, he plays Cuchillo. It's his, um, I'm just looking at Mark, is his, uh, his nickname. And yeah, he's a Mexican, isn't he? 
So he's automatically believed to be the bad guy when all it takes is a rich white man to turn, turn around and say, yep, yeah, he was the one that murdered and raped this, this, this poor young girl. 100%. And he kind of plays into the prejudices against him. Like, you know, he doesn't outright say at the start, I'm not that guy. He Because he shouldn't really have to. It's just like the no. assumption that he is because of his class, his like, yeah. like yeah. whatever. And that's pretty cool. It's it's not like overly political, which I'm pleased about because I think if it had been any more so, I don't know if it would have been as just outright entertaining as it is. No, yeah, agreed, agreed. And I think it would completely detract from the style of the film, wouldn't it? Because it is fundamentally a chase movie. It is fundamentally a chase movie. Can I just yep. sidebar ever so slightly here, Mark? Guess mm-hmm. what? Internet movie database website, Lee Van Cleef, our main man, who plays mm-hmm. Jonathan Corbett. Yeah, uh, our hero, so to speak, of the movie. It says his nickname. Guess what his nickname is? Colorado. There we Colorado. are. Colorado. There you go. Love it. Love that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that's cool. Um, so yeah, either way, it was uh, it was it was quite interesting because it is a chase movie, isn't it? It is a chase movie where Lee character is, is chasing after Thomas Million. The fact that Thomas Million, yeah, fine, he shouldn't have to defend himself because it's, it's, it's not true. Uh, spoiler alert, it's not true. Yeah, fine. But the fact that he didn't, <laughs> until right towards the end, turn around and go, mm. it wasn't me, by the way. Well, well, maybe you should have said that before, by the way, buddy. Like, you know, come on now. Yeah, but it, it, he's, as you say, he's so charismatic, isn't he? And it kind of plays into just the way he is about everything he is a mischief maker and um talking about like character growth or just the character growing in you that was really well done and i i absolutely loved the last 15 minutes the the team up between them yeah yeah because yeah, you, you never you're never really quite sure where it's going to go you know you don't you're not because in the spaghetti western genre there are other movies where without spoiling them main characters do die unexpectedly. So I wasn't sure that either or both of them would survive. The odds are very much stacked against them. It's the classic kind of build-up. But there was a, you know, get your thesaurus out here, Mike, a a joyful ebullience, I would say, about (laughs) the... uh... (laughs) Is that a word? Maybe. I Um, think it should be. Uh, It sounded good, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. There's there's energy. You're talking about the end. You're talking about the team up. You're talking about about them winning out, right? 100%. And I think everything really amps up in those last 15 minutes. I think certain aspects like, you know, it all looks and sounds decent, I think. It does. But it really starts focusing in and just expanding as well in the last stretch. And it's sort of, as soon the final escape when Kachio is sort of running through the reeds like yep, initially yeah yep, yep. just more interesting cinematography at that point the locations were suddenly more expansive and impressive to look at and more importantly Morricone just ramps it up big yeah time. utterly like, utterly m- m- the score utterly makes that final 20 15 20 minutes whatever it is from the thrushes basically from when he from when our bad guy uh the guy that's employed Lee Van Cleef's character uh Walter Barnes his character Boxton from when he has enough of uh Corbett's you know inability to to finally get away with this with uh Cuchillo and he just hires doesn't he he hires what 50 20 whatever yeah various hunters and they all are hunting him down through the reeds for the rushes and yeah the cinematography it goes sun-drenched galore yeah. it ends up in the 
Mexican highlands, if you will. Uh, it looks stunning. The score is yes. absolutely beautiful. And yeah, and and our two characters, you know, our two characters come to a bit of an agreement, don't they? Because, you know, he told him about 10, 15 minutes before Cuchillo, uh, our bad guy, eventually did tell Van Cleef, hey, it wasn't me. And you know it's mm-hmm. not me. You know you're dealing with bad guys here uh, who are higher than you and so forth. And he, it obviously, it kind of twigs with Van Cleef that he is true when it shows. Again, the director does a really good job. I think he does a really good job because he builds up all the characters. Van Cleef's character to begin with is just a very cool guy. You know, from the yeah. very opening, very opening two minutes when he's sat by a campfire, uh, three other people come up. You don't know who anyone is at this point. And just in the background of that opening shot as they're approaching him, you've got the hanging body. And they're like, come on, we're meeting. We've got, we've got to wait away for this other guy. And, you know, he just turns around and goes, look at that guy hanging up on the tree. And they're like, that's the guy that he was pretending to be. And he just yeah. guns them all down. Yeah. No, Utterly it's, cool. Like, it's a great opening. But yeah, you're right. Initially, he just is that kind of badass, you know, I'm going to sort this all out. But it's fascinating because then he is basically made a complete mockery of several times over by Cachillo, who just outfoxes him several time. times along the way, makes him look like an idiot. And Van Cleef, rather than sort of holding that against him, actually it builds his appreciation. Yeah, of him, almost, you know? isn't it? Almost. I mean, the fact that in the jail scene, which, by the way, interestingly, I, I would the, the final scene is fantastic, I agree, but the jail scene is actually probably just about up there with it for me as well, with the interaction with those two characters and the fact yeah, that, that was you good. Know, Colorado, our man, our main man, who we now know is called Colorado, Colorado refuses to call the guards out on the fact that, um, mm-hmm. the fact that you know, Cuchillo is escaping with the most hilarious prison break I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, but it's nuts. It's nuts. I, honestly, the more I watched of it, the more I watched of it, the more the character of Cuchillo really grew in me. I thought that's where the movie lived or died on. The movie actually kind of almost went away from Van Cleef's character for a good 20 minutes, half an hour, yeah. if you will, in the middle. And then it brought him back where it showed him getting to see the white rich people and how they are clearly hanging around. They've clearly got bad people. They're clearly them. corrupt. And, so I and really, he doesn't, really he doesn't side with them at all no. when it comes down to it. And it's a movie that weirdly, and I don't know whether you've found this, I know you only finished it recently, but mm. it's got better for me in retrospect. Like, I think it's a, a film that sits nicely after a few days. You know, some you just instantly forget about yeah, or you, you might really enjoy it. But then again, two weeks later, it's just like, well, you know, I, I kind of remember that being fun, but I don't really, it's not living in my memory, so to speak. And this this one has actually improved in my mind. And I think it is those little touches and the character development. And there is some slightly deeper stuff going on without it being too much so that it gets in the way of it just being a fun movie. I completely agree. I watched it. So home, home cinema viewing on the DVD, watched it with my wife. Uh, we recently had a baby. We're absolutely knackered. And even though the movie is, what, an hour and 27 minutes long or something, the movie is short. And even though the movie is short, we could literally only watch an hour before we were falling asleep because of life and exhaustion and all that rubbish. Yeah. So I did have to rewatch part of it again on the second night, which is never the best way to watch a movie, is it, of course? But my appreciation when I went back to the movie two days later and watched it again, you know, with a scene or two beforehand just to get myself back into the into the swing of it, Oh, it's just massive. I, I started on the scene where um, Cuchillo is in the brothel and he's picking uh, all of the different um, ladies of leisure 
and I'm going to have yeah. you, I'm going to have you, I'm going to have you. And he's wearing a massive hat and he's got a massive uh, cigar out of him, but he's just got the most cheek, cheeky imp smile in the world. <laughs> and he's clearly just having an absolute laugh. Um, and then it cuts to him, obviously causing, you don't even see the ruckus, it cuts to him being chucked into the prison cell where, yeah. where Colorado is staying because he's already previously beaten up a load of people when he was escaping. And it's like almost two sides, isn't it? Two characters on the same journey tailing each other in many ways and they're you know how they keep on meeting to each other no i i loved it i loved it i thought on reflection it just gets stronger and stronger i think the fact it's only an hour and 25 minutes long my god yes please more movies like that and there are a couple of little other things along the way which hint at like sort of deeper character stuff like when they go uh corbett uh colorado goes to see the the monks and <laughs> one of the, one of them basically asked to take his gun and just shows himself to be this expert gunsman basically who who gave that field up like 20 years before for like yeah, yeah, a quieter yeah. life and all of that but and he's sort of telling Corbett about this and it's just a little bit more reflective and just like you know violence is not always the, the way kind of yeah. thing and it's it's not you don't see that within Corbett happen but that seed is planted and it just gets it shows a different perspective to yeah. what is ultimately a very kind of comic book-esque violent escapade you know yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i mean and you know the big gun down itself which probably does refer to the end the big draw if you will mm -hmm. uh is quite fascinating in itself because you've got something like 50 characters you know you've got all these other hunters that we before mentioned to but there's actually three deaths in that in that final one yeah of the uh of the of the actual villain of the piece so to speak uh of the bodyguards played ridiculously i mean ridiculously yeah that uh, guy's absurd the I austrian mean, baron yeah a baron i mean guy oh, with the monocle and everything yeah mr god monocle talk about talk about not uh aging well there the look of it just it, it felt completely ridiculous didn't it it felt completely utterly stupid and the bad guy himself um uh, my one question, my, the one reason, the one scene, if you will, and there's a couple of scenes around it, but there's a, a good 10 minute section, maybe even 15 minutes, around the half an hour mark with the widow based on when Cachillo is is looking, is escaping from our man in Colorado and he comes across the oh, widow, yeah, the, 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 the lady yeah. with all of her hired hands. So, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's obviously a sexual uh, innuendo. Uh, taking place between the widow and all of these hired hands and all of these men that are under her control. But I just didn't understand any of it. I didn't understand the thing of it. It felt completely out of place. I, I didn't. Yeah, it was weird. It was strange. Yeah. And it, it doesn't show you that much. You're not quite sure when on, what went on exactly. I think the implication was that Cachillo probably did get with her and Corbett obviously doesn't. I don't know, but it it doesn't show that clearly either. So I don't know if the implication there is uh, still at that point trying to present Cuchillo as a bad as, guy. as the villain, you know. And it is relatively early on, isn't it? I think it's when he's when he's first escaped Colorado, isn't it? It's when Cuchillo has first got away. Exactly, but equally, he's he's trying to escape. He's once again in a position where he has to do what he has to do in order to get out of there. Yeah, the so, but fight. yeah. Yeah. exactly um which was a good scene as well it was it was Th those were the kind of scenes that i didn't dislike them but it's sort of similar i just think the tone of them just feels a bit wayward and at odds with some of the rest 
it was just it all felt a little bit out of place but again it, it was a nice set piece if you will the gunfights and that se- sequence are like fine whatever they're all very much like shooting someone with a handgun from 20 feet away and they just die yeah, straight the, away like there's not much to the action up no. until the final 15 like the big the big showdowns at the end which i think are far more engaging like they're Absolutely. far more Im- impressive and just cool you know yeah, there's some, cool. some great takedowns and the team ups between the two yeah the way that way he kicks the gun up he kicks the rifle yeah, up it's, it's him just, and so forth yeah it's just cool and it's just that adrenaline rush isn't it of seeing yeah. seeing your main characters win basically for want of a better word yeah and the, the only other considering colorado gets shot four times during the movie three times four times yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah you you've already said it but i, I do agree like Millian is is perhaps the one that almost steals the movie, but that's not to detract from Van Cleef because he is he is just dead cool, isn't he? Like he's just oh, he's, a... very cool. he's presented as such, and also he's not just you know he, it shows that he's not just a hero. He investigates a little bit and he turns his back on the person that employs him, the bad guy who turns out to be the bad yep. guy, isn't it? And so forth. So he's a man of honor as well, which is kind of always going to be obvious and always presented. But yeah, he's not just a one note, and the fact that he does side with Kachilla in the ends. Yeah, I thought the ending was absolutely fantastic. I thought a couple of the scenes were really, really illuminating. Uh, the score is beautiful. Some of the direction was absolutely on point. Some of it I didn't quite gel with. The the final thing I wanted to say is literally the actual final scene where you know they're riding off and then mm-hmm. they split, and it's kind of a beautiful setting as well because it, it's almost like half a desert, but then there's like the sea on the side, and you get Van Cleef going one way and. Cuchillo Millian going going the other and funnily enough it reminded me of the end of uh Fast and Furious 7 with Paul Walker and Vin Diesel <laughs> like that beautiful emotional moment yes. but I'm I, sure I did that's what... what Vin Diesel was going for when he pitched uh Fast and Furious 7 you know what <laughs> I just like it was it was really similar I don't know but yeah Classic ending, you know, the whole riding off into the sunset thing. And I, oh, I like yeah. the fact that they've they've done what they needed to do together and they go their separate ways. Let's talk about scores. Uh, this is our first time scoring a movie. Our scores are obviously just the standard out of out five. Of no, out of 10. Out, out, out of 10 with, with halves allowed. With halves. Okay. Yep. It's interesting because uh, I, I don't actually, I, I know what my score is out of five, so to speak. So I guess I just double it, don't I? You, you start us off, Mark. What would you give this bad boy? So one of the reasons that I want halves to be allowed is because this absolutely falls between a 7 and 8 out of 10 for me. If forced between the two, I would have gone 8. But ultimately, I'd, it's a 7 and, and a half out of 10, which is a good score, you know? But mm-hmm. I, I think it falls short of being great. And that's just because it's enjoyable, but I didn't think it did anything remarkable up until a couple of scenes here and there. And then the last 20 minutes, I think it really steps up and that increases the overall thing altogether for me. But yeah, I I didn't think it was like a masterpiece. I just thought it was really fun, enjoyable movie that sits well. And ultimately, like I say, 7.5 is is a a very decent score. Yeah, no, 7.5 is a very good, decent score. Absolutely. And I guess that is the one good thing because you know, as you and I have discussed many times over all of these years, I'm not always the biggest fan of scores because I think how can you compare one five star movie with another five star movie and they're completely different, for example. And so, just to pick up a word there, you said it's not a masterpiece. So that's why you didn't go eight or above, for example. Whereas mm-hmm. for me, again, it's all about subjective, isn't it? 
uh, I would say a masterpiece is going to be a 10 out of 10 or a 9.5, if you will. The score I'm going to give the big gun down, aka Colorado, is eight. I'm going to give that eight out of 10. Nice. Now, I'm not suggesting that it's a masterpiece. I wouldn't say that. What I would say is it's a really, really good example of an interesting movie with some fantastic uh, some fantastic scenes, quite literally, so two or mm-hmm. three fantastic scenes, some very memorable characters, some very memorable direction, and a fantastic score that only builds as the characters build. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie an awful lot, maybe because I don't know Westerns as well as you. I don't think I've seen nearly as many Westerns as yourself, Marco, so maybe it was a little bit fresher for me. A lot of time for it. I don't think I'd go over eight, but I definitely think I can see myself revisiting this in the future. So, yeah, eight out of ten. Mate, love it. Very happy about that. And yeah, like I say, if if it if it were no half side, have gone eight as well. But yeah. I, I agree. We're we're on the same page. I'm not saying an eight is a masterpiece. I'm just saying I think eight is is very good. Yeah, yeah, nine, of course it is. Nine and ten is when you're talking about your all timers, really. So yeah, good times. Would have been interested as to where Sai fell on it. We might find out in the future. Um, yeah, we might. We might. It'll be interesting. Out of interest, your your lovely wife, Amy, I know you said she watched the majority of it with you. Did yeah, she watch the ending as well? Or? No, 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 she didn't. So, uh, yeah, she only saw the first hour. And I think she liked parts of it. I think she found it ridiculous. Which is fair. Yeah, of course. I, I'd need to check with her, but I imagine she'd be erring on more than a five out of ten. I really do. I think she'd be thinking more about middle of the road. I mean, to be fair, if I'd have stopped an hour in, it would have been a a five or a six territory for me. I, yeah, I, I genuinely, genuinely think that you have to watch that last third to get the full kind of extent of the movie, really. I, so, I was enjoying a lot. I think I'd give it a good six and a half for the okay. first bit because I did mm-hmm. like the characters and I liked what they were doing. But yeah, no, I agree. I think you've got to see all of it. And then so now, and you know, how long is the movie? There's different cuts of it. So the cut oh, I yes. watched was Let's 95 minutes. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Because on IMDb, it says it's now 50 as well which is wow i mean that's long and the version i saw was i think about an hour and 25 or so yeah so i think you watched the theatrical cut basically i watched what was called the extended us version so i think it had maybe five ten minutes extra it's possible of course well you would assume it must be the case that there would have been a couple of scenes that i had which you didn't Agreed. And the the final one that hour 50 one i think there is an extended italian version the reason i didn't go for that to be blunt is just because i wanted to watch it in in english rather than italian the dubbing i always find whenever i watch italian movies generally when they're actually the way it worked for italian movies they never recorded any live sound in that time period there's no live sound recorded at all yeah so everything you hear is dubbed yeah. so when they're speaking my understanding is, is that for the majority of the time they would speak in English, you know, or they would mouth the English words. So even though it's an Italian movie, technically, when they're then doing the Italian overdubbing, it's going to fit even less well than the English because the the mouth isn't moving at the same yes. time. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of why I went for the English one. And the dubbing, for the most part, wasn't that distracting for me. I think it was pretty, pretty fine. I've seen a lot worse. Yeah, I've definitely seen worse, but um, and I got used to it. And that's important to know, isn't it? You get sucked into the movie if it's a good movie and so forth, and you and you forgive these foibles that are perhaps outside of the movie's control, isn't it? Really, so 
it, I, I got used to it, but I did find it very distracting to begin with, and it did take away from, you know, it put me outside the movie to begin with, as yeah. dubbing normally does, you know? Yeah, 100%. I think the other reason I like it is because when you get, obviously, the American actors like Lee Van Cleef or whatever, it's actually him doing his own voice, whereas in the Italian dub, for example, it's obviously not going to be him doing it. So No, no, indeed. And he's got a great voice, so... Yeah, he does a great voice, a great look. Okay, brilliant. By the way, uh, next week is my choice. That was your choice, wasn't it? So uh, I've already chosen mine, and I think it's safe to announce, isn't it? I think you know it. Uh, I showed you an amazing DVD cover. Yes. But it's the immortal uh, Enemy Mine with uh, Dennis Quaid is the lead. Directed yeah. by Wolfgang Peterson, I believe. Yes, directed Which by the crazy. one, I know, isn't it? I, isn't it? He, he came in, I read up on it a little bit. I haven't seen it yet, but he came in, uh, he's come into the movie midway through, you know, traditional uh, studio problems, them not enjoying the director and so forth. So he came in midway through. I'm excited. I've never seen it, obviously, of course. That is generally the aim here, to watch mm. things we've not seen. And we're both suckers for a little bit of sci-fi as well, aren't we? So that definitely helps. Um, do we want to quickly end with anything else? Any other movie news, movie tidbits or anything? Any current watches on your recommendation? I've started Picard season three. I've seen. Oh, you have first... started it. Okay. I started it this morning. I've seen the first literally five minutes and I've seen Beverly Crusher owning it. Yeah. Uh, pretty so, yeah. cool opening. It's pretty cool opening. Yeah. No. So it's quite fun. So yeah. Good. I'm watching that. Anything else that you're watching well, at the moment? Anything else going around? Let's definitely come back around on uh, on Picard. I will say I'm up to date on it, so I've watched six episodes. Mm-hmm. You've taken some convincing to give it a go, and it might be that you watch an episode or two and you're like, do you know what? Can't be arsed with this. I would, as I've said to you already, I would strongly recommend sticking with it because I know you're a fan of The Next Generation yeah, and man, indeed Deep Space Nine, I think. Yeah, and Voyager as well. Yeah. The Voyager's and probably mate, there's number one. There's so many tie-ins to all of them, not just next gen. But yeah, it's genuinely just brilliant Star Trek. I, yeah. I don't think it's been as good for ages. And I wish, I really wish that seasons one and two of Picard had never happened and they just have gone straight in on this. Because I think if they had, it would be huge. Yeah. Star Trek is an interesting IP though, isn't it? Because um they've they've gone from doing nothing since the end of Voyager to when when did uh, Discovery first come out? About eight years ago, maybe seven, six years ago. Yeah, something like that. And in the last six years, it's just exploded because Discovery was really good to begin with in terms of it was very popular at the very least, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, very good as well. I thought the first season was very good, but either way, yeah, it was uh, that exploded, uh, didn't it? Popularity, and now they just got shows coming out of the woodwork everywhere, and it's it's really it's all over the place again now. Star Trek, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we might revisit Picard occasionally. See how you're getting on with it. Yeah, yeah do I agree. Stick with it. I think TV shows always going to be something that you can pick up and watch. My yeah. my review for lighthearted. Uh, my review. My recommendation for lighthearted watch. Nothing. Uh, nothing new. This. Uh, there's six or seven or eight series, something like that. It's on Netflix at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Travel Man with Richard Ayoade. Oh yeah. Uh, I've seen two or three episodes in the past, I think, and it was fairly light and funny. And I was up at three or four in the morning. I can't remember because of aforementioned uh, new baby. Yeah. So we just put it on in the background. Funny, easy to watch, quite fun, enjoyable. So that's a nice, easy, I'd, I'd give that a recommendation. Yeah, I've not ever watched it, but I do like Richard Ayoade. 
it changes up the companions, doesn't it? I know Johnny yeah, Vegas every, was one. I don't yeah, know. Every episode, every episode, every oh okay, every episode is a different companion. Every episode is a different city or place or whatever you will. You know, what I mean, so I watched two episodes last night. One was a beefer with a really funny female comedian. I don't know who she is. Uh, and the another one was the capital of uh, somewhere. I don't even remember the name of it. That was with Eddie Izzard. Uh, so oh, yeah, cool. interesting. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, lot, that's that was quite a nice, easy watch. Uh, so I'd recommend that. Nice. What I've been watching in the last week, I'll just quickly shout out Experiment in Terror 1962, which I gave a five star rating, mate. Rarities. Mm. It may not be a five star film. Important point, point, by the way, when you're saying five star, you're talking about letterboxed five stars. That's five out of five, is what you five out of five. Yeah, sorry, yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. So um just loved it amazing kind of noir police procedural like looked phenomenal mm-hmm. great henry mancini soundtrack and based off that the director basically did all the pink panther movies so i've been watching them i've Indeed. never seen them before so far i've watched three of them i think the first one the original the pink panther is the worst by some distance it's it's a much more almost serious movie isn't it to begin with yeah kind of it, it's just not it's just not particularly good. It, it's not terrible. Like the second half is is pretty fun. The second movie, a shot in the dark. Watched the uh, last night. That was pretty great. I remember really liking a shot in the dark. That's the one I know the most. I've seen the first three in yeah. my past years ago, which, decades ago. But yeah, which are, which are all I've seen. So both a shot in the dark and then the return of the Pink Panther, which is the third one. Um, yeah, both the sequels so far, really really solid comedies. Yeah, genuine yeah. genuine laughs in both of them. They're not perfect by any stretch. They're pretty inconsistent. But yeah, uh, pretty fun watches. I think situational comedy like that with masterful physical performers such as Peter Sellers and indeed uh, the the police lieutenant. Who's he played yeah, by? Yeah, uh, he's uh, Herbert Lom um, and his character's Dreyfus. Yeah. And Herbert Lom is an absolute chameleon. Like, yeah. I've watched several like 50s and 60s films over the last couple of years and lots of British ones. And he always turns up in them as these little support characters. And yeah. he's nearly always one of the best things in them. And uh, yeah, his his Pink Panther character is absolutely ludicrous. But yeah, isn't it? It's, isn't it? it's great. Going steadily insane, like yeah. fully insane. Like, yeah, no, a lot of, lot of fun. They're, they're quite fun. Uh, yeah, out there, maybe recommendations there, my friend. So that's pretty good. Anything in the cinema? I saw in the cinema 65 with my eldest daughter. You did? Uh, yep. Three out of five, I think I gave it. On reflection, that's a one out of five. I actually, no, I think that's a lie. I think I gave it two out of five. Mm-hmm. On reflection, it's a one and a half out of five at best. What a load of garbage. Uh, fun to see a movie with my daughter, though, so that will always get two stars because I'm seeing a movie with my daughter. But yeah, Adam Driver can do so much better than that. Anything else coming out that I'd be tempted to go to the cinema with? To my knowledge, not to my knowledge. Oh, Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. That looks fun. There you go. I'll put it out there. Yeah. We should probably leave it there, shouldn't we? I, I think I that was reckon... really successful, though. Mate, fucking glorious, I would say. Yes, absolutely. Um, absolutely. We shall be back. Well, I say that. We, we might not be. This, this might be a one-off. <laughs> we plan on being back. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, dude, I want to, I wanna, yeah, well, discuss with you, because this is the thing. You and I do this all the time anyway, be it on the phone, normally. So there's yep. no difference really in front of a, a laptop, isn't it? But it's fun to discuss, because Enemy Mine looks hilarious it's got traditional Mm -hmm. star trek style bad guy in alien outfit literally just you know a human plastered with 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So I love it. Traditional Star Trek style. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with it. Sweet. Well, yeah, yeah we shall see you then. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. All right, so nice one. All right, we'll catch you later, Mark, and catch you later, audience. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo, signing off.